Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. Yes, it is your worst nightmare. It is time for Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I am the conquistador, Dave Height. Yep, we're doing this via Zoom this week. We tried to do this a couple weeks ago, but technical difficulties outside of this prevented us from being able to pull this off. But in this day and age, of course, this has become a necessity. So we have got to figure out how to do this, and I think we're okay this week pulling this off. Yep, as long as it's able to upload, we'll be in great shape. Yep. So, of course, first and foremost, as baseball fans, Dave and I have to discuss this stupid, idiotic, moronic lockout situation. We had hope Sunday night going into Monday morning. They met until the wee hours. Then they took a break, and everybody Monday morning was like, hey, we're going to get this resolved by 5 o'clock. It's going to be taken care of. We're going to get baseball starting off when it's supposed to, and then it all went. Greed. Now, Dave is not good. Dave and I agree that this is both sides. The problem is on both sides. And the thing is, listening to sports talk radio, listening to people yapping left and right, people calling in, it seems like people are falling more on the side of the players than they are the owners. I disagree with that. I think it's probably 60-40 the fault of the players, and I'll explain why in a few minutes. But just in general, Dave, what's your takeaway from this? I am so pissed off with Major League Baseball right now. They wasted 43 damn days where they did nothing. Absolutely no contact. That is absolute crap from both sides. Neither reaching out wanting to resolve it. And that is a blatant... I put the onus on that on the owners for that part, for initiating the lockout and not trying to get anything going. Because you know they wanted the lockout. They've been trying to break this, everything that the players have wanted. But the players are getting too damn greedy in their own right to play a freaking kids game. Yeah, but their again. salaries are getting so astronomical, families cannot afford to attend games anymore. That's one of the reasons they're losing their fan base. That and the owners pulling shit like this. Both sides are to blame. Robert Manfred is an absolute idiot. That press conference of his made him out to be an imbecile who has no clue about the sport. He is a puppet for the owners. Great thing that you brought that up and mentioned that. Of course, it was going to come up eventually, but I want everybody, I'm not trying to toot our own horns here, but toot toot. If you listen to Dave and I speak as we do this podcast, we don't cut it. We don't edit it. We don't take breaks except for every 30 minutes. If you listen to us speak, you'll notice that we don't go, um, uh, you know, like, um, uh, you know, We are adult enough, mature enough, well-spoken enough to be able to put our thoughts together on the the fly, off the cuff, without sounding like morons and idiots. 
Yes, we sound like bitter, angry, middle-aged men, but we actually do sound like literate, bitter, middle-aged men. Rob Manfred was an embarrassment yesterday. Between the laughing, the fact that he sounded like a 12-year-old whose parents have not taught the child how to speak properly, he is by far right now getting all the the shellacking, the negative reviews, and he's well-deserved to get them because he came off like an absolute idiot. Now, easily, the the worst commissioner of any major sport. Yeah, he couldn't answer any simple questions. Pathetic. And this is the guy touted to be a great leader of the sport. My God, I will take the inept moron from Milwaukee. The old drooling Selig was better than this. Well, and again, you brought up another good point earlier, which I've heard a lot of people talking about. Families can't afford to take their kids to the games. Between the parking, the ticket prices, the concession prices. In Manfred, another thing that seems to be a common theme among a lot of people calling into sports talk and a lot of hosts is that Rob Manfred acts like he doesn't like the game that he's running. He doesn't act like he cares or loves baseball, and he is the man in charge of baseball. Yeah, he's got no clue how to actually do anything to try and fix the game. Four, three and a half, four-hour games is ridiculous. There's so much that needs to be done to the game itself, and all everybody's worried as the finances. Yeah, and there are financial issues to worry about, but again, they're not focusing on the right financial issues. You and I both agree. We've talked about this over the last couple months, and the owners bailed on it early on in negotiations. You have got to put in a floor for salaries. You've got to make the Pirates spend more. Look what happened now in Florida with Miami. Yeah, the Marlins. Derek Jeter said, I'm done. He was promised. What I'm hearing is he was promised 15, measly in terms of a normal payroll, $15 million more he was promised this year to be able to spend to try to make the Marlins that much better. $15 million. And the owners backed off. And so Jeter said, screw you, I'm out. I'm, I'm selling my shares. I'm done as CEO. I'm out. That should tell you all you need to know. small-mindedness, greed on the owner's part there. Well, and but not only that, but again, the players should be pushing for this, yet they are so obsessed with making sure the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox can just spend all that they want. They don't, yeah. I, I can't understand it. It's bass-ackwards. Make the, the 10 or 12 or 14 teams on the bottom spend more. Yeah, you want competitive advantage? There you go. Why are you worried about five, maybe six players getting paid across the league when you could have dozens getting paid across the league? Absolutely. I don't understand the logic. And again, this seems to be the motif, the theme for baseball over the last 35 years is nobody can understand why they do what they do. And when it blows up in their face, 
and they lose fans and they lose viewers, they go, well, we don't understand what went wrong. When we're all out there, all the fans like you and I are out there telling them what's wrong. Other fans are out there telling them what the problems are and they won't listen. They do the exact opposite of what they should be doing to make us interested. Like you just said, speed the game up, pitch clock, stop making, stop letting the batters step out every freaking pitch. How are you going to attract younger viewers who have ADD basically? I hate to say that, but they want action, 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 action. They're looking at their phones they're texting people. You sit there, it takes a minute and a half between pitches, it seems like, half the time. Speed the game up. Grow up. Catch up with the times. Yeah. These are supposed to be professionals who know their job. Just flip and do it. And again, like I said, all pro athletes, they're getting paid all this damn money to play kids' games. To entertain us. Sorry, the product used to be better when you had the guys who played during the summer or during their seasons and had real jobs the rest of the time. Yep, I remember that. I remember that. That was when I was younger. And that's why you had spring training, why you had preseason camps and everything else to get the guys back in shape. Yeah, because I remember I was hearing stories about guys that lived in houses just like you and I live in, and they were selling cars in the offseason to make ends meet. Yep, selling cars, selling insurance. Yep. Working construction, doing whatever they could. And there's another good point. Just speaking about construction workers makes me think of unions, makes me think of, of people who do the dirty work every day, each day, day in, day out. And I'm hearing all these fans sticking up for the players because they say, well, they've got skills that none of us will ever have. And that's not legitimate as far as an argument goes because there are people out there making 25 bucks an hour that are doing stuff that they can't do. So does that mean they have special skills? playing a game people that went to school and got degrees doing things that these baseball players can't do so where are you going to tell me the line is drawn where somebody has a special skill that is worthy of 30 million dollars a year is it because i'm willing to watch them on tv versus watching an accountant or watching somebody working on an assembly line in detroit that's yeah. fine, but you can't tell me the difference between thirty million and thirty bucks an hour is that great and that important in the grand scheme of things in our society. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Absolutely, it's it's insane. Everything is so backwards. So of course, if you have not heard already, people, I'm sure you have. The first two series have been canceled for every team. Basically, about the first 10 days of the season are gone. They are out the window. Now, the latest conspiracy theory that I'm hearing, which is just going to make things harder to reconcile when it comes time to sign a final CBA, is that now, get this, Dave. I don't know if you heard this. Remember the the whole deal with Chris Bryant with the Cubs and how they held him 
back just long enough that one year, what was yeah, it about? Terms of service agreement. Yeah, 15, 20 days so that they could flip another year on the back end before he became a free agent, right? Right. And that's where he got all bitter with the Cubs, and that's where Boris got all bitter with all this and the system that's set up. Well, now get this. So the first two two series, 10 days are canceled, right? If they cancel another week or two, once 15 games are missed, then the Chris Bryant rule kicks in for guys like Shohei Otani, <laughs> where they're going to get pushed back another year on free agency. So that's just going to make this a bigger clusterfuck than it already is, because that's another thing they're going to have to negotiate. Yeah. that. Well, no, it wouldn't, because there is no agreement. That is all null and void. That's all out the window. It doesn't count. We'll see, but this is just going to end up being an absolute disaster. Now, the one poor... The one point that I want to bring up that people seem to not understand, I know you do, I know everybody on Sports Frenzy does, but for everybody out there, again, I'm, I am siding with the owners. I will admit it. Because of this reason and this reason alone, everybody out there is saying, well, look at revenue. Revenue for baseball, if you take away the COVID year, revenue for baseball has gone up I think they said the last five years, if you take away the COVID year, okay? And they act like, whoa, then why aren't the players getting more salaries? Why aren't the salaries going up? Because salaries have stagnated over the last year or two. Again, not counting the COVID year. Okay, here's the the basic economic lesson from the maestro to all you idiots out there who seem to think revenue equals profits. Revenue does not equal profits. Revenue can go up, but so do expenses. Have you not heard? We have inflation right now. Costs are going up. Costs of concessions. Costs of everything are going up. Maintenance at the ballparks. Salaries. We're paying for a ballpark. Revenue can go up. Expenses might go up more. That means less profit for the owners. So don't use the word revenue and try to justify why the players should get more money. Profits. When I start hearing somebody talk about profits, and if they want to then show me the profits are going up for all these teams, then I'll listen. Until then, I'm going to just, every time somebody goes revenue, 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 I'm going to you're wrong. You don't understand how a business works. Sorry, I had to rain on that. Drives me crazy. The only revenue that comes into play to increase salaries is from the TV deals. Right, because there are no expenses attached to that. Right. That money going up should go into the pool for player salaries right off the bat. But what happens when expenses at the ballparks go up? What happens when expenses for uniforms and paying for lodging and air travel go up, which cuts into the bottom line for the owners? Who Who's talking about that? That's what I want to know. Who's talking about that? Nobody. Walker Bueller 
for the Dodgers, one of their player reps, talking about how, oh, inflation's really killing me because I've made $8 million last year. Kiss my ass, dude. No kidding. Freaking pro athlete problems. You still have more money than 20 people put together. Well, what is it you always say? You have a great line. Was it 1% problems? Yeah, the problems of the one percenters. Yeah. We Must don't want to hear about that. We don't need to hear about that. And of course, I didn't mention this last week. I've got to I got to bring it up before we move on from baseball. Marcus Stroman is going to go down as the worst signing in Chicago Cubs history. <laughs> this guy is a loose cannon. He's immature. He doesn't filter anything. All he does is Twitter, 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 Instagram, 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 all his hate, all his negativity. I can't believe the Cubs actually figured this guy would be a good person to bring in. I would have preferred them to go the Pirates mode and just go 20 million, 25 million payroll. And, and yeah, us sucker Cubs fans will deal with it. But no, the one big signing we got to bring in the biggest loudest moron in a, in MLB. He's bitching about the Mets. He's bitching about the Mets GM. He's bitching about Rob Manfred. And meanwhile, the Cubs well, sign into a ludicrous three-year Manfred. deal that he doesn't deserve. Oh, I'll give him the Manfred rant. Everybody deserves to rant on that D-bag. Yeah. All right. I'm going to move on. One of the quieter weeks in the NFL. Not a lot to talk about, but a few things. Yeah, there's there's some tidbits out there. Including all of our teams. So let's start there, of course, with the Bears. Our former GM and our former head coach have landed on their feet. Not surprising in this day and age. But yeah, Ryan, Ryan Pace is now a Falcons senior personnel executive. And Matt Nagy is the senior assistant QB coach now back in Kansas City. Now, Eric, Eric Bieniemy got a one-year deal to stick around as the OC, so I wonder if Matt Nagy is going to be breathing down his neck to try to take that job back. They're probably I, – I can see Kansas City angling with that deal for one more year banking that the enemy will get a head coaching gig next go round next year and they can parlay that into the extra draft picks good point very good point now of course news came out today that the dolphins your beloved miami dolphins are officially completely totally no more we don't care about deshaun watson we're out it's all tua 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 yeah, until he's let go and clears waivers and all that, and then they'll probably make a run. I mean, come on, let's face it. It's the NFL. There's no quit on any of these guys, even though there should be. Yeah, and once we get to the free agency period, which starts March the 16th, of course, the legal tampering period starts a few days before that. But there are a lot of teams out there that it's starting to ramp up. You're starting to hear the Broncos again talking about trading for Aaron Rodgers. 
the Washington Commanders are now in the news. They are going hard and heavy after somebody. Yeah, be it Garoppolo, Wilson, Rodgers, although Pete Carroll staunchly says, no, we're not trading Wilson. But then in the same couple of sentences that, well, you know, our, our GM has to listen to offers on anybody at this time of year. <laughs> so you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Of course, Garoppolo just had shoulder surgery, although everybody insists, especially in the 49ers camp, that he's going to be fine. He'll be ready to go by the summer. Dak Prescott had shoulder surgery, but it was on his non-throwing shoulder, just like Baker Mayfield, basically. Yeah. But, yeah, it sounds like everybody's going to be desperate for quarterbacks. Yep. The reports are Tennessee's starting to look in this draft for Tannehill's successor. Yeah, that doesn't shock me. And, of course, we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Believe it or not, Mitch Trubisky might end up being the beneficiary of all this in that somebody's going to be desperate enough to give him a, not a huge deal, but you know, 30 million for a couple years just to bring him in as a bridge, maybe because this quarterback class, the combine just started this week. This quarterback class is not impressing anybody really. And we had our issues last year. Backups right now out of this class. Right. And that's considering last year's class was supposedly better. And Trey Lance, San Francisco doesn't seem to have any faith in him. Zach Wilson in New York doesn't look all that good. Mac Jones looked decent. I don't know, though, what the ceiling is on him. Yeah. And if this class isn't as good as that class, oh boy, like you said. I mean, you're lucky to get a backup out of this draft. Yeah. So then you got the Raiders still don't know what the hell they're doing with Derek Carr. They've not had any talks about extending him to this point. Somehow Derek Carr always seems to find his way, though. You know, he he will find a way. There are enough people out there that think he's a decent quarterback, myself included. We talked about years ago, we would have taken him with the Bears. You know, when there were rumors yeah. Yeah. about the Raiders dumping him four or five years ago, we would have taken him. So he'll be fine. Uh, Derek Carr will be fine. Um, now, of course, the Buccaneers are a mess. Nobody knows God, what's going on with Tom Brady. Is he retired? He hasn't filed his paperwork yet. They asked Bruce Arians, will you trade him if he wants to go somewhere else? Because now there's rumors that he wants to play for San Francisco since he's from that area. And Bruce Arians, I love Bruce Arians, says, nope, bad business, bad business, not going to do it. And then somebody else jumps in and says, well, what would it take? Five first-round picks. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I give him credit because he's in a bad situation. I, I admire the fact that he didn't bail, that he's coming back to the Buccaneers. But, of course, now Pro Bowl, They're a Pro Bowl guard Ali Marpet retires at 28 years old. Ouch. That's going to hurt the offensive line. 
Of course, Godwin's coming back off an injury, and he's a free agent. Gronkowski's talking about playing for the Bengals. They're they're saying Blaine Gabbert looks really good, and he's a great teammate. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, we we all know what that translates into. <laughs> oh well, I have to. I enjoyed a couple years. I had a good ride for two years with the Buccaneers. <laughs> now it's all going to go to shit again. Yeah, both both your teams will be on the bottom. Yeah, but again, got a Super Bowl, so I'll take it. Um, of course, the yeah. international games were announced, not formed up completely, but we know some of the teams involved in the Buccaneers are going to be playing in the first Germany game ever. So they are heading out to Frankfurt. Is that the first one? I think that's where it is. I can't remember which city in Germany it's in, but they will be there. Oh, Munich. I'm sorry. Munich's the first. Oh. And then Frankfurt, yeah. Yeah. And then the Hall of Fame game will be the Jaguars and the Raiders in Canton. Which is a game we all know to just go away. Yeah, now that there's 17 regular season games, the preseason matters that much less. Yeah. So, sorry, Hall of Fame game, nobody cares. Finally, finally, one last NFL note. We knew it was coming. The Colts had to be the one to pull the trigger. The Colts have officially submitted a rule change proposal for overtime. (laughs) So both teams will get the ball. Ugh. We knew it was coming. I don't have an issue with it during the playoffs. No, they want it all year. They want it all year. I don't like – no, not all year. Nope. Yeah, the, the proposal nope. they submitted will be regular season and playoffs. Nope, just strictly playoffs. I'm perfectly fine the way things are for the regular season. I'm just so tired of it, Dave. Why is everything got to change every year? We've got to have rule changes. We got to change this. NASCAR's changing the car. NFL's changing the overtime rules. Baseball won't change the rules they're supposed to, but they keep adding playoff teams. They they now the DH supposedly will eventually end up being universal. Why can't we just leave well enough alone? I am tired of the society always having to constantly be in change and flux, upgrading this, upgrading that. Let's just keep things stable and solid for four or five years. I don't understand why we have to change everything. Technology to try and get things. I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass. No, you're not. No, but technology would be fine if they would use it. Robot strike zone. Robot strike zone in baseball. There you go. No, won't do that. Can't do that. Stupid. They're all stupid. Thank God you people out there have Dave and I here on Sports Frenzy 2.0 to keep you sane, to give you the logic, to give you the reason that you need in this day and age when it comes to sports. 
listen to us. We should be running everything. That's right. That being said, segment one is over, done, kaput, finished. Segment two coming up. We are going to recap Fontana. NASCAR, 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 and look forward to the Pennzoil 400 in Las Vegas this coming weekend. Stay tuned. Dave and I will be right back. Feeling mildly fatigued? Need a day off even if you just took one a few days ago? Make $30 million a year but just don't want to work for it? You need to join the NBA Load Management Club right now. When they're not napping or texting, guest lecturers Anthony Davis and Kyrie Irving will describe foolproof ways to earn tens of thousands of dollars by not doing anything. Sports Frenzy 2.0, available on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, is currently negotiating with LeBron James to bring his popular How to Make the Hall of Fame Without Really Trying webinar live and in person to the Load Management Club. Thanks again to Sports Frenzy 2.0 and all you apathetic fans out there for making us a success. Hey kids, welcome back to segment two of Sports Frenzy 2.0. Here as we record on March 2nd, 2022, this will drop Thursday, March 3rd third as always i'm the conquistador dave height and i am the maestro kevin crane and we are gonna talk nascar here this segment as promised recapping last weekend's race in fontana the two mile d-shaped oval in california the wise power 400 well it was Boy, I'll tell you what, Dave, that was eventful. I don't know if you watched it. I did. It was very interesting how everything played out. Yeah, I had a feeling with qualifying. Qualifying, I actually never watched qualifying, but I actually, without now baseball, without football, I have actually been watching (laughs) qualifying so far with NASCAR. And these guys were just slipping and sliding all over the place. They'd get down on the apron. It would just tear up the car. And you just saw more and yeah, more of it. Transitions are brutal. Yeah. So they're still getting used to the next-gen car. Yeah. They, they definitely are unstable, more unstable with that shorter spoiler. The closing rate was crazy. And... They really have to learn how to drive these cars because all the spin outs and everything taking place. Curse you, Keselowski, and all your evil supportments. (laughs) Twice. Yeah, it has not been a good start for any of us. I got lucky. I'll admit it. I got really lucky because I thought I was looking at a one. I thought... Kyle Busch with the early overheating issues, and then he had a blowout later on. I thought I was looking at one. And then yeah, I he actually winds up rallying to a lead lap finish. Yeah, top 15. Top he got in the top yeah, 15. So, so that salvaged, salvaged my day. Of course, Jen, congrats to her. She won, Mrs. C. So she yep. gets the first awesome. win of our eight panelists this year in the Frenzy Cup. 
Good for her. Yep, congrats, Kyle Larson, for surviving that final fiascos. Yep. So, of course, in our competition, we we like to bring it up, you know, especially early on here in the year. Three drivers, three times you can pick a driver in the first 26. You get them one more time in the last 10. So when we go through our picks later on, you have to keep that in mind. That's why we're picking sometimes the people that we are. We can't just pick Kyle Larson every week. You know, right. we, we can't pick Chase Elliott at every road course because there's more than three road courses. So you have to kind of be judicious with who you pick, when you pick them, where you pick them. But Jen went out on a limb last week. I give her a ton of credit. Going back to back, Larson. And she, hey. And it paid off. She got a win. And, of course, that's three bonus points for her once we get into the championship round, the, the playoffs. Yep. We do it different than NASCAR. We go one of their older point resets. Yep. You do have to make the top ten. We have to accumulate points. And you have to be in the top 10 points in in the, the regular NASCAR standings in order to make our Frenzy Cup playoffs. And then after that, it's the eight of us competing against each other. So the first 26, we're competing against NASCAR. In the last 10, we're competing against each other, is how I look yep. at it. So that being said, like Dave said, Kyle Larson survived. We've got Denny Hamlin is buried in a deep, dark hole. William Byron is buried in a deep, dark hole in terms of the drivers, the regular NASCAR drivers. Um, Austin Sindrick is holding up pretty well after his Daytona win. He's still number one in points. Yeah, Chase Elliott's kind of scuffling along. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how he feels about Kyle Larson after that little incident. <laughs> They're late in the race at Fontana. You know what? I I can't fault what Larson did on there. No, I can't either. I can't either. Trying to hold your position, it's it is what it is. That's racing. Yep. But like you said, Keselowski had issues. A lot of people, it doesn't matter if it's Toyota, Ford, Chevy, everybody's having issues trying to get used to this new car, the new tires. It looks to me like the tires are really causing just as much of a problem as the car itself. Yeah, they don't know anything with these new tires. They're bigger tires, and it's completely different car setup. So single lug nut. We talked about that. Yeah. Just a lot of unknowns right now, the way this is all lining up. Yeah. Kind of making it interesting. So I will, I will be interested to see if they eventually follow through on the plans for Fontana, because right now they have said that the, the plans they had to turn Fontana into a short track are now on hold. So, after what we saw here this past weekend, I wonder if they're going to be happy with the chaos or they're going to go back to trying to push the short track plan. I would rather see the short track plan because that track as is needs some work, especially over the tunnel, because that's 
the dips and everything in there, that's where the cars were really getting unsettled. Yep. And causing chaos. And speaking of other races, rumors are that now NASCAR is pushing. They have spoken with my favorite mayor in the country, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. And they are pushing to get that 2023 Chicago street race set in stone. So they want to run that street race in Chicago in 2023. I tell you what, she would be an idiot not to go forward with that, to get that income coming in, to get that on the slate, to be there for a long time especially if the Bears wind up moving out of Soldier Field and going out to Arlington. Yeah, and you need to have a race in Chicago. I know the the original track didn't work out. It was boring. It was a cookie-cutter track, but a street race. nothing. The street race in Chicago would be reinvigorating. I think that brings interest back into Chicago in terms of NASCAR. There are just certain cities that need to have a race. Chicago needs one. You know, we've got Michigan. It's not technically Detroit, but it is, you know. It's close enough. You have so. got to have certain areas of this country. If you're going to force us to keep having to subject ourselves to Fontana, then you better put a race back in Chicago. Exactly. And hell, I would say take a kick one of the races away from Kansas. Yeah, they've been getting better about cutting down from two to one. It used to be they were doubling up, as you and I know, watching NASCAR for decades and decades. They were doubling up on all those cookie cutter tracks, and nobody liked it. Yeah, nobody liked the cookie cutter tracks because it took away Wilkesboro, it took away Rockingham some real classic venues disappeared because of the money grab for the bigger cookie cutter tracks to try and get more fans in. Well, they expanded too damn fast and forgot what they were all about with the racing. Yeah. And they've done a good part. Like you said, Kansas is the exception. Um, but they've, they've done a good job for the most part in terms of, you know, Michigan's down to one Pocono, I didn't mind the Pocono doubleheader, but I guess they felt like they had to bring uh, Fontana back, so that took away the second Pocono race. But for the most part, with bringing all the new road courses in over the last few years, they've gotten away from it. Again, like you pointed out, Kansas is the exception. But but it's yeah. it's more down to one race per track outside of the Classics, the Talladegas, the, the Daytonas. Daytona. You know, so they're doing, I think they're doing a pretty good job, but yeah, the street race in Chicago for 2023 would be great. Would be fantastic. That would be a lot of fun. So that being said, I believe if I am not mistaken, Las Vegas has two races, one at the beginning, one at the end in the playoffs. And again, it's a damn cookie cutter. Yep. But of course, well, we have weather. To bow down to Vegas. Well, and weather too. You have got to schedule warm weather tracks at the beginning of the year and the end of the year to avoid weather issues. So Vegas gets two races and the first of their two 
race three of the 2022 Cup Series coming up this Sunday the 6th is the Pennzoil 400. So, David, who are you taking for this Sunday's Vegas race? I am going to ride dirty and take Kyle Busch coming off that comeback from the bottom of the heap at Fontana, the way they were able to get that car back in contention and running up, I got high hopes for his home track. Now, Sam is going to follow in your footsteps. From last week, he's going with Brad Keselowski. Now, Bill and Doug, I think, are going with I know who the favorite is, but I think Joey Logano is probably the safest pick. Probably. Again, in terms of not overusing certain drivers throughout the first 26. I thought about Logano, so Bill and Doug are taking Joey Logano. Nick is taking the clean Bush. Nick is taking Kurt Bush. Aaron is burning his first Denny Hamlin. And, of course, I have decided to follow Mrs. C. And I have decided, <laughs> screw it. Screw it. I don't care. I'm taking Kyle Larson. He's the odds-on favorite. We said last week, well, yeah, he's the odds-on favorite, but I don't want to take him. Screw it. Cookie-cutter track. It. Kyle Larson is the dominator at the cookie-cutters right now. I will take Kyle Larson. Which, of course, means he will wreck in the first 20 laps. <laughs> and maybe get you a top 20. <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I don't know if I'm looking for a win. I think right now, if I can get 30, 35 points out of him, I'd be happy. Um, I'm not expecting a win. If I get don't a win, I'm happy. Yeah, I just, I want to wait a couple more weeks. You know, we got to settle down here and see how everything plays out. We've got, uh, of course, Phoenix and Atlanta coming up, and then we start getting into the road courses, the short tracks, the dirt track at Bristol. So I, I can see staying away from Kyle Larson for the next couple of months after this race. So I figure, what the hell? Let's burn him now. Burn one of three. Burn one of three. Yep. And, of course, our deadline has not hit yet. It's only 22 minutes away, so we do not have all of our picks in yet. <laughs> but that's no, okay. She's going to wait till the bitter end. <laughs> she would not be Mrs. C if she didn't. That's why we love her. No. Dealing with the puppy. Yep. So, of course, we've got other sports to talk about. So now it's, it's kind of time to start phasing into miscellaneous topics. I know Dave has got some hockey on his mind. So since we've got a lot of time here left in the second segment, I'm going to turn it over to Dave and let him talk about the NHL. Being the Blackhawks fan that I am and the eh season they're having, they finally made a decision on their new general manager. They decided to stick with the interim Kyle Davidson after looking outside of the NHL, inside different places, sticking with 
the devil you know i'm not wild about it because he's from the the stan bowman regime he was there under him learning and god i just wanted a clean break from all of that for kind of a fresh start they're they're in so much trouble with the salary cap and everything else. I have no idea how they're going to pull out of it anytime soon. And I, it's almost to the point where they're going to have to blow it up. You know me; I don't know that much about hockey. Uh, I basically get what I I have in terms of hockey knowledge from you, from osmosis, basically from being around you and sucking it all in. But. I did read the article about Kyle Davidson being anointed the permanent GM. And I'm going to sound naive probably to you, but the Tampa Bay Lightning are a damn good franchise right now when it comes to hockey. And I saw that one of the three finalists was one of their guys in player personnel. And I'm thinking, why the hell didn't you bring that guy in? The Lightning are That's, just stellar when it comes to bringing in. Even I know this. Being as naive as I am about hockey, I would have loved. It was. It's like the Bears, you know, bringing in. Were you happy? They, they think they've done the right thing, bringing in polls from Kansas City. Now, it's different because, of course, we've been burned from this thinking before with Matt Nagy. But you, you look at the successful franchises and you want to bring in the people from those franchises. Yeah. Am I wrong? We'll see what happens. No, you're not wrong. That's, that's who I was actually leaning towards wanting to see what they could do. But anybody's going to be in trouble. Stan Bowman left this team in dire straits. Money for nothing and your chicks for free. Yep. So, yes, Stan did not do a good job running the cap and paying attention to everything. So, yeah, they're 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 going the way of uh, Detroit after their big runs, having everybody now. Detroit's still trying to crawl back up the rankings to relevancy again, too. So, it's cyclical. The good teams can maintain it for a longer period of time by planning ahead. Stan, I think, was too damn short-sighted. So, I do have one other thing that I want to talk about in hockey, but I think I have to save it for another segment that we have (laughs) coming up. Yeah, I know where that's going. I've been there, done that. So, um, So, I I think I know. I got to save it. I do want to ask you one thing about hockey um, before we move on to other sports topics. Um, because, again, you are my go-to for hockey. You are the guru that that I know when it comes to, to professional hockey. How do you feel about the cry, the calls from a couple players? I'm not saying most of them, but a couple more outspoken, more radical players, let's say, saying that we should ban all Russian players from the NHL immediately? Uh, I 
can't abide by that, I mean, I think that might be, that's going a little too far on that front. Yeah, I think, I think once we go down that road, that's really causing problems on a yeah, whole, you, you, a whole other level. Ban a player for something that his president does. That's a, that's a horrible precedent to even think about. No, you can't do it. We need to set a, an example for everybody else to yeah, show I mean, that we're, I'm we are not, we're not going to be like the country that they come yeah. from. Yeah. We're not going to follow what their, their dumbass leader would do. Completely agree. So I don't know where they fall on the lines. It doesn't matter. They, yeah, I, I can't see banning them out. Going after different products and everything is one thing, but people like that—that—that's—that's that's completely no. That's off limits. Well, of course, Ovechkin's the one that people seem to be picking on because he's the biggest name from Russia. He's had his picture taken with Putin with the Capitals, you know. So they've—I think they've been basically isolating him in terms of keeping him away from the press because of this exact issue. Um, yeah. But I agree with you. You can't, you can't sink to the level. I don't even want to use the word enemy, but in this case, maybe it's appropriate. You don't want to sink to the level of your enemy. Yeah. You want to show that you're better yeah, than that's them. That's a good way to put it because, you know, you don't want to match you don't want to sink to the level of the evil that's there right now. Yep. And let's hope everything, and there's going to be more coming up here, not only on here on the, uh, the regular edition of sports frenzy, but we'll ancillarily, is that a word? I think it is ancillarily pick up, you know, as, we're not a news network. We're not going to talk about the news, but of course it bleeds into sports. It bleeds into entertainment. So it will pop up here later on in this show and in the weekend edition. All right, moving on to basketball. Uh, I just love the fact that it, I hate Kyrie Irving so much, and I just love how this New York City vaccination mandate is still screwing him in the behind. He could actually go to a Brooklyn Nets game, but he can't play for the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> now, is it fucked up? It is fucked up beyond belief. Beyond all belief. That's what you get from New York City and their mayor and all that crap that you that you vote for out there. You reap what you sow, New York. Well, the thing is, it's a new mayor. It's a new mayor. It's not de Blasio. It's yeah. not the worst mayor of all time in de Blasio. I think it's Adams is now in there, and he, he. I would think he could change the rules, but he's kind of hemming and hawing and saying, well, it stinks and we don't like it and it's not fair, but it is what it is. You then change the rules, the dude. Change it. Do something. And I'm not. Let sanity reign. I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to get Kyrie Irving any kind of break whatsoever because I hate his guts. I think he's bad for the sport. I think he's bad for sports in general. 
but he deserves the opportunity to freaking earn his living and his home court. Yeah, now that things have everybody else is is relaxing standards, relaxing max mask mandates, relaxing vaccination mandates. Let's not it's gotten to the point now, let's not single him out. Let's just move on. They already kind of got karma, bit him in the ass with the whole James Harden thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. So I think the Brooklyn Nets have suffered enough. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's let them move on. Now, speaking, well speaking of bad luck, bad karma, did you see what happened this past Saturday in college basketball, Dave? No, it's college basketball. <laughs> of course, Dave doesn't care until we get to the brackets because that's when it matters most. One of, again, one of our competitions here on Sports Frenzy. February the 26th goes down as a date that will live in infamy in college basketball. The top six in the AP poll all lost. Everyone yeah. in the top six lost. First time ever. Seven of the top ten, seven of the top ten ended up losing on Saturday. One day. <laughs> and that, of course, oh, was a record. Beautiful. I like it. Yep. So, but of the, the, course, the, with that, I'm sure nothing changed to top the standings. Uh, Duke moved up a little bit because they were the first, they were seventh. They were the one team, the highest ranked team that survived. So Gonzaga is still number one, but Duke moved up, I think, to fourth. Arizona State at two. Uh, um, so, so how can you, if you keep the same two, one, two, how can you not keep everybody else where they're at stagnant? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's because it was freaking Duke. Have you heard? Have you? I, you probably haven't. Again, if you guys haven't heard this in the past, I listen to a lot of New York sports radio just because I don't like Chicago, even though we're closer to Chicago. I don't like Chicago sports radio, so I listen to New York. And they were talking the other day about the ticket prices for the final home game for Coach K at Duke, at Cameron. Oh, God. Minimum, minimum to get in the door is over $3,000. That's ridiculous. 3000 If you were – now, here's my thing. For a damn college basketball game it, for the most overrated scumbag coach currently coaching. Now, you and I both agree on that. You and I both agree that he has got issues that people do not cover – that do not focus on like Grayson Allen. We've talked about him. A lot of these players yep. coming out. Zion Williamson looks like he is lazy. Looks like he has no focus, no leadership skills. So you begin to wonder what Shashevsky is actually pushing out of Duke right now over the yep. last five or six years. But beyond that, we've talked about the DUIs with his grand was a grandson. I think about a month or two ago. Yeah, yeah. there he is not the Mr. Pristine that everybody makes him out to be. I'm actually glad he's moving on. 
Yeah, so we don't have to listen to us. They'll probably, we'll still probably have to hear from him because I'm sure they're going to try and get him in to an analyst role somewhere oh, down Jesus. the line. Oh, God help us all. But yeah, the, you know, the sooner the Duke. voice that grates on my nerves more than Dick Vitale. <laughs> and of course, you have done a promo, your great impersonation of, of Coach K, which we love. But yeah, the it, hopefully this will be one of those years where Duke does one of their first or second round exits, and they don't yes. get all because usually they either go out early or they make it to the Final Four. Yeah, God, please let this be an early end. Although they'll probably find a way to manipulate it to get them to go deep. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> There was a there was a softball for you. Yeah, that was a gimme. So that will do it for segment two here on Sports Frenzy 2.0. I'm the maestro Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador Dave Height. Of course, we're segment doing three. Yep, miscellaneous. We've dumbasses. got yep moments of silence, dumbasses, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about money in terms of media personalities, in terms of memorabilia. We've got lawsuits. Got some dumbasses that I don't know if we're going to play dumbass or not, Dave, but I've got some that are kind of on the fence. So we might have to discuss. Stay tuned, kids. We will be right back here. Sports Frenzy 2.0. This episode of Sports Frenzy 2.0 is brought to you by the Bills Mafia Marital Aid Company. Because when you are down and out, we'll bring you back up and in the game. Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher. Welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. Taping here on March the 2nd, 2022. This will hit tomorrow morning, the third, as always, available. Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and our new bestest friend, Stitcher. Check out our Facebook page. Like us, rate us, send us comments. Flip us off in public. Do whatever you feel you need to do to acknowledge the great and glorious Sports Frenzy 2.0. David, we've got money to talk about. Money, money, money. Money, money, money. We've got lawsuits. We've got television deals. We've got memorabilia sales. Let's start off with that. Two ticket stubs. This is why I hate digital tickets, David. This is why I hate digital tickets. Do you see what these I ticket know. stubs are getting? Jesus God. Jackie Robinson's Jackie Robinson's debut ticket stub from that game set the record four hundred and eighty thousand dollars. Good God. And that broke a record. That broke a record that was set earlier, I believe, in the day, or a day or two previously, Michael Jordan's debut. That ticket stub 
went for four hundred and sixty-eight thousand. And you know, you want to know why I keep bitching and pissing and moaning about digital tickets? I want ticket stubs. Are you kidding me? You know how much we could make on some of the ones we've got? <laughs> well, it's not like anybody died at the concerts we were at, but. No. But like, we're going to see yeah. Greta Van Fleet, right? That's the opening night of their 2022 tour that's got to be worth something down the road if they end up being rock and roll hall of famers you would think a couple hundred bucks yeah just saying first headlining their first big headlining tour yeah a couple hundred bucks that's all i'm looking for pay the grocery bills for a month or two you know the maestro's always looking for an angle here come on we deserve tickets, damn it. That's right. And, of course, we're still waiting for our big deal from ESPN or Fox Sports or NBC. But Troy Aikman, Jesus, God. Holy moly. did he cash in. Wow. And I, I like Troy Aikman a lot, believe me. He is, to me, he is the best color analyst in football. He turned out to be a oh. lot better than I ever thought he was going to he- be. He has learned and developed his craft, stays even keel. He has become the impartial color guy. And uh, you just hit the nail on the head, my man. He is even keeled. He is smart. He does not condescend. And he has shifted away. Early on, he was a little bit of a Cowboys homer. But now he has become yeah. a lot more impartial, and he's not the screaming Mimi idiot that tr- that Tony Romo is. So, of course, Tony Romo is the one that set this ridiculous bar for color commentators and what they're getting paid now. So, if you're going to look at it like that, then Tony Romo should not get paid as much as Troy Aikman. So, Aikman is getting a little bit more, supposedly a five-year, $90 million deal to move over to ESPN's Monday Night Football. It's stupid. It's silly money. It's stupid, silly money. It is. It must be nice to have that kind of money to be thrown around. To be able to call a game for that much? Come on. Well, here's the thing. Didn't ESPN, weren't they crying poverty two or three years ago and cutting people left and right because they said they'd signed all their talent to deals that they couldn't fulfill monetarily? And now they're shelling out this kind of money for Troy Aikman, and they're going to have to bring in a big name to sit with him. Hemorrhaging money on the NBA deal. Yeah. And now the the fallout, the domino effect is starting to kick in, because now there's rumors that Sean Payton, of course, who just left coaching with the New Orleans Saints, he's now being eyed as the number one person to take over in the Fox booth, but wait, now they're saying Joe Buck might not stay. Even though he's got a year left on his deal, he might ask to get out of that and move over to ESPN with Troy Aikman. Or Amazon. Still waiting on Amazon. Al Michael supposedly was heading there. That's not confirmed yet, though. And now Kirk Herbstreet. You might get Al Michaels going to Monday Night Football with Troy. 
And now I'm hearing because they won't be able to afford him after paying Troy Aikman is that Kirk Herbstreet could end up going to Amazon and becoming their color guy since they are now going to have exclusive rights to the Thursday night game. Yeah. Good God. But let me ask you this. Ask, I'm going to ask you this. Great point somebody brought up today on a, uh, a website I was looking at. Now, there are guys, you know this, I bitch and piss and moan about this all the time. There are guys I will mute. There are Aqib Tlaib. There is somebody out there who actually loves Aqib Tlaib and thinks he should be promoted to the first team with Joe Buck. And I'm like, Aqib Tlaib should not be allowed to talk about football anymore. He's one I will mute. I will mute him. I will mute Gus Johnson. Those two I will mute. Those two are useless. But Absolutely now, out, useless. outside of that, if you want to watch a game, does the commentator really matter? M- Romo's another one I might mute. But in the end, I'm asking you, man to man, does the commentator matter or do you care more about the game regardless of who is doing the game? Will Troy Aikman pull you in more? to Monday Night Football than what no. they've got right now? No. I'm going to watch the game regardless of who's there. I'll just tune out the blabbering idiot that I can't stand listening to, but enjoy the ones that are good and can bring something to the game. Yeah, I I don't know if the money that they're dishing out now, this this stupid, ridiculous money is really worth it? It's not. And now I it's, I, it's, I heard for the first time. Like playing I, a game, you're calling a game. Come on. Yeah, and I heard for the first time today with, with all this coming to light with the Troy Aikman deal with ESPN, the first person I have heard in the last year who has said they didn't like Lewis Riddick, Greasy, and Steve Levy. I thought they were good. I thought they'd done a good job the last two years. And they're costing a hell of a lot less than what Troy Aikman is going to cost them. Yeah. I'm sorry. I liked what Riddick brought to the broadcast. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the sports frenzy deal to come through. I'll tell you what. ESPN will put it out right now. Well, I don't want to work for ESPN. Fox. Fox Sports, FS1, five years, $5 million. And Dave and I will even split it. How about that? There it is out there right now. We'll take it tomorrow. Send us a contract. Lawsuit. Had to happen. The original USFL owners are suing Fox (laughs) to block the new version of the USFL. No word if Donald Trump is involved. <laughs> what? God. They Seriously. Are cl- yeah, they're claiming that you can't use the old likenesses, the old logos, the old names. That's infringing on copyrights. Re-up? Did they re-up the copyright stuff? What was the I can't. I limit? can't believe Fox would have actually gone into bed on this without knowing that they could use the old nickname, the Birmingham Stallions, of course, 
the classic one that I love. I still, yeah. to this day, love that team. I'll go out and buy a Birmingham Stallion shirt. I'm telling you. That's how much I love that. the fact they should have a team, an NFL team, and it should be the Birmingham Stallions. You know. Yeah. I, I no, got to believe they did their research. This is just a money grab by these former team owners trying to draw the headlines. Just go away. Well, I think I'm they're tired still of all these frivolous lawsuits. I think they're still worried about paying Steve Young and Jim Kelly. Is the problem? <laughs> the two big names yeah, from well, the original. Thought about that before. Yeah. And then finally, before we move on to moments of silence, um, we talked about Novak Djokovic in tennis. We talked about this, the whole mess in Australia. We've talked about the fact that who knows? I would think, again, going back to the Kyrie Irving discussion, that everything's starting to loosen up a bit, although now overseas in Europe with the French Open, who knows with the conflict over there in the Ukraine. But yeah. he's going to lose for the, the first time in two years. Novak Djokovic will not be the number one player in the world. He's going to lose that ranking to Daniel Medvedev. But here's the thing. I know we don't talk about tennis that much. Do you realize he has been, Djokovic has been number one for a grand total off and on for seven years? And they are hosing this guy any chance they can get. That's what I wanted to hear, man. They are just trying to screw this guy. Putting the screws to this poor guy. It's an absolute joke. <laughs> Djokovic. <laughs> yeah. Well, but of um, course, Nadal is, is starting to one last surge in his career. He's getting up there. Of course, we talked about Federer. He's probably done. But Nadal's taking advantage of this right now to stake his claim as becoming the greatest male tennis player of all time. Where I think Djokovic is actually better, but because now he's getting stalled out with all these complications and these rules and these regulations, this could end up changing Tennis history forever. The history of sports, yeah. Now, conspiracy time. Is this a Nadal camp <laughs> attempt to circumvent everything? Well. Just throwing it out there. Well, that's what we do here. Um, it would be interesting to find out down the road if that comes to light. I don't believe it. Um, again, with what's going on in Europe with the upheaval, I will be interested to see if they play the French Open because, of course, Nadal is a master of that tournament because it's on clay. Usually he's yeah. a given in terms of winning that. So I want to see if they don't cancel the French Open, but they keep Djokovic out, that will surprise me. That will Stun me, then we start talking conspiracy. Yeah, the, the, it's getting ridiculous. The, the, it's gone on long enough. Putting the screws to the poor guy. 
But you mentioned what's going on in Europe. I have to give praise to Ukrainian boxers and former boxers who are coming to the defense of their home country. Current heavyweight champion Alexander Yusik has joined a territorial defense battalion in the Ukraine to defend his country. He's put his boxing career on hold doing what's most important to him. Then you have the Klitschko brothers, former boxers, Hall of Famers, who are right there in the reserves of the Army battling for their home country. So good good for them doing the right thing. Yep, and of course I saw you getting... Hopefully, Hopefully sanity comes back at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of worried where we're going. And, of course, we're trying to stay away from politics. But, again, it's going to bleed in. Um, yeah, I hope I'm with you. I hope sanity prevails. And I hope Putin is not the next Hitler. I hope he doesn't turn out to be somebody who's just going to try to take over the world and cause problems for each and every one of us. Yeah. And like you said, the bravery that these boxers are showing, the people of the Ukraine are showing, uh, we should all look at it and and take note and realize that freedom can be taken away just like that in a second. Yep. And I saw you getting some sugar from Mrs. C. I saw that. Don't think I didn't yep. see that. So I know she got her pick in. Yep. It's good. It's, it'll be there. It's I've not got it. Time for her. I've got it. So I want to get this in. A rarity on Sports Frenzy, but all eight picks for NASCAR are now in. Jen is taking Joey Logano as well as Bill and Doug. All right. There you go. All right. Time to move on to our moments of silence, my man. Um, I've got one that's really personal to me. Actually, both are kind of personal to me. Um, First off, Danny Angaius, oh. great legendary IndyCar driver. He was running the Indy 500 when I was watching it with my dad back when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old when it was a big deal. Yeah. The Flying Hawaiian. The Flying Hawaiian had 11 Indy starts down in Indianapolis at the 500. I know a lot of people are like, who, who? Danny Angaius was a big name back in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, yeah. And then, again, on a personal note for me, because when I was growing up, I wasn't always a devoted Bears fan that I am now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I liked the Bears, but I also liked the Cowboys and the Oilers, the Houston Oilers. And I love Dan Pastorini, and I love Billy White Shoes Johnson, and I love Double O Ken Burrow. And Ken Burrow just passed away this past week. Um, anybody, any old school football fan knows when I say Double O, it's Ken Burrow. He was he was the man. He was the the dynamic receiver for Dan Pastorini and the Houston Oilers back in the late 70s and early 80s. Again, yes, we're going way, way back in time. 
to the formative years of the maestro. But um, yeah, back back when the running back ruled the roost, right. it was the rare receiver that made the impact on the game. Right. Yeah, and that's the, the Houston Oilers were fun to watch back then because Bum Phillips was the head coach. It, it was just a great, fun team to watch. The Bears at that time, even though I was still devoted to them, I guess you'd say, because Walter Payton was just starting out with the Bears, but the Bears were so awful and so terrible, and they were no fun to yeah. watch. It was Bob Avellini, Bobby Douglas running the ball. <laughs> They couldn't throw the ball, so they had to run the ball. They were kind of like the broken nose every single flipping game. (laughs) He always had that blood coming down. Well, if you think about it, Bobby Bobby Douglas and Bob Avellini were almost the the precursors to what we have now with Lamar Jackson. You know, it was all, I got nobody to throw to, so I'm just going to run the damn ball. (laughs) Three-step drop oh, yeah. and run. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, back then, that's what football was for me, was the Cowboys, of course, of course, Staubach and Drew Pearson and Golden Richards, and then the Bears just starting out with Walter Payton. But the Oilers with Ken Burrow, double, double O Ken Burrow was just awesome. So thoughts and prayers to Ken Burrow's family as well as – Danny on Gaius's family. Uh, All right. It's that time, Dave time to do some dumbasses. I'm gonna let you start off. Give me a couple. All right. I am going to bleed into what I had alluded to from the NHL segment in the infinite wisdom with the new TV deal, having to hop on the statistics bandwagon in-game probability numbers to determine face-off victories really do you really have to go there and show the probability as the face-off goes and think who's going to win it taking up valuable screen time screen space instead of actually watching the face-off itself, you're going to be focused on the numbers and not the puck drop. Come on. As a hockey fan, that's insulting. Yeah, I agree with you. That's too much. Way too much. God. It's as bad as the damn NFL doing, oh, the probability on this play was such and such. Guess what? We don't flip and care. Enjoy the moment. We don't care about the statistics on it. Agreed. There are such things as luck, emotion, adrenaline that come into play that will affect. It's not all numbers. No, it's, it's footing. It's, there's so much into play. All right. Dumbass number two. Going not your typical Sports dumbass, but in a roundabout way, FBI agent Scott Carpenter for gambling with government money in Vegas after a sting operation where they finally brought Christian Dawkins, a 
agent for college players bribing college coaches saying you get me money i'll make sure a player goes to your school they got dawkins red-handed taking bribe money from the undercover officers and in celebration this dumbass goes and gambles and so now dawkins lawyer wants to use this to get a new trial for his client <laughs> I don't know who's the bigger dumbass, Carpenter for doing this or Dawkins' lawyer for trying <laughs> to pull this crap. Lawyers in general, scum. Oh, every week we talk about lawyers. They make the, the world so much, so much fun for us, don't they? There, there's a point where you need them, but when they get to a certain level, they mm, some just need to go away okay david i came up with enough here over the last day or so so we can play america's favorite game show red foreman's dumb ass or not all right lay it on me. i got four for you i'm gonna take one off the table i did have a dumbass early in the week but they, they backed off and they did the right thing. FIFA, of course, who runs the World Cup, was initially going to let Russia still play in the World Cup but pull that IOC crap where they were gonna let them they were gonna let them play under the football union of Russia. You can't be Russia, but we'll let you play as football union of Russia. But luckily, after pressure mounted a day yeah. or two later, they said, no, no, all right, you're out. Russia's out. As a team, yes. Now we talked NHL, or in specifics, wanting to knock individual players. That impacts other teams too much that you couldn't do it. We decided that you could not go there in that regard. But in this case, uh, are we are we double-edged sword? Well, like I said, I think if they had stuck by their guns and said that, that they could still let Russia play in the World Cup as the football union of Russia, then I would have kept them in here as a dumbass. But since they backed off and they, they said... No, no Russia. I mean, everybody's banning Russia right now from all international competition. Yeah. So I'm going to say. As, as a Russian team, fine. As individuals on other teams, I can't, I can't do that. Okay. All right. So these four are the official contestants in this week's Dumb Ass or Not. Number one, LeBron James, our favorite I just are, got are this you quote. Talking about his comments. Yes, his quote. He doesn't. <laughs> he thinks he's the smartest guy out there. He's always got an opinion. Always got something to say. But just tell me. Last time I checked. I thought that if you were talking about, you're not going to stop me unless you put me six feet underground, right? Right. Well, LeBron six says. Feet is, he, 
that's the norm. LeBron says, until you bury me 12 feet under, I won't give up. <laughs> so now LeBron can't even quote a common, common saying correctly. The only thing I can figure is he realizes that he's that much closer to hell by going 12 feet down instead of six. Am I overreacting? Is he a dumbass or not, Dave? It's a dumbass comment, but I don't know that it warrants inclusion here. I think you're being a little biased. Okay. I can live with that. I probably am, but... <laughs> but still, it's six feet under, not 12 feet under LeBron. Get it right. All right, number two, the New York Times. Boy, did they fuck up. They're dumbass. You just had to say New York Times. It's an automatic. <laughs> Did a story here within the last day or two about Serena Williams. Yet what do they do? They post a picture of Venus. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty easy Don't one. Don't you know there are no editors anymore? Well, we've talked about this. We've read books where they just go by the computer. They don't actually have copywriters editors no. who actually look to see if there's any errors it's ridiculous this is huge yeah, though that's... how do you post a yeah. picture of venus when you, the story is all about serena that that's just bad and i hate to bad, say this bad, i did bad. not i did not look into the details but hey if she if she went off on a rant about hey do we all look alike to you I would back her up on that for once yep, on this one. I would back her up and say, this is stupid. How do you yeah, do this? No. As a paper, that is a complete dumbass move. And it shows how far the vaunted newspaper reporting industry has fallen so bad. All right. Dumbass or not. Number three for the week. The WNBA has fined the New York Liberty $500,000, and they wanted to do worse. They wanted to nail them for a couple million, and they considered kicking them out of the league because they have very strict rules about keeping competitive balance. Of course, the WNBA, very fixed in terms of the money they have to spend. Right. New York Liberty owners Joe and, and Clara Sai were chartering flights for the Liberty, which is against the rules because the other teams cannot afford to set up chartered flights. So they set up chartered flights for a lot of their players on about three or four road trips. And again, the other owners went crazy and said, you can't do this. You can't do this because we can't afford to. Just because you have more money than us, you the WNBA agreed and said it's a competitive disadvantage. So, dumbass or not, for Joe and Clara Sai to charter flights for their players. Yeah, they're dumbasses for not following within the rules and guidelines. Thinking that they are above it just because they're in New York. Final, real quick one, 30 seconds to go. The PGA Tour, because they are so stupid. Dave, if you don't think this is a dumbass move, I'm going to kill you. 
player impact program the first year, which is stupid in and of itself. It rates player popularity. Guess who won? Bill Mickelson? He was second. He got $6 million just for being popular. Tiger Woods won. He got $8 million. He hasn't played golf in a fucking year. No! We've got to... That is absolute crap. That is the most dumbass thing ever. We got to go, kids. I'm Kev. That's Dave. We'll check you out next week. Weekend edition. Check us out Saturday.